0: it is. This series is Biblically
1: Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable.
3: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles: The International Edition. I am Ron Kolak, and with me, all the way from the land of the red dragon, is Mr. Parascience himself, Steve Parsons.
2: Good afternoon. Actually, I want to be the Ninja Pasta. That's so cool. Ninja Ghost Hunter. No, the Ninja Pasta. Did you not hear the advert before we? Yeah,
3: I it? like Ninja Ghost Hunter.
2: Would you still life of Ghost Hunting? Uh, go on, then. Well, you, will, you can rebrand them. You can be the Ninja Ghost Hunter. Waha! Wasabi. That work. It sounds like Indian. Or well, Welsh does. People who can't do a Welsh accent very well always in, inevitably end up sounding Indian. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Yeah. Hey, we had. I had an interesting question. Uh, I'm going to start the show with a question tonight. The question that came from a, a mutual friend of ours, Sandra.
0: Um,
3: okay. By the way, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on TojiNet, Pararex, uh, Planet Paranormal, uh, wherever the hell else we are. Okay, carry on. Well, good night and
2: thanks for listening. <laughs> she she uh, she sent me a message on Facebook and a very interesting question, um, and it was and it relates to the age of people who go ghost hunting. She she asked me, you know, is there a sort of, and. An age, an upper, particularly an upper age limit. Do people become too old to do ghost hunting?
3: Yeah, there, there will be. There's the one being hunted. Huh? When they become too old, they become the one being hunted.
2: Well, I thought it was a good question, and I thought. Well, I,
3: I answered it for you because when you become no. too old, you become the one being hunted. In other words, you become the ghost.
2: Yeah, but you're timeless and ageless then. I
3: have exceptions. You well, I have to ask.
2: I did say to her that, you know, uh, most people stop at a reasonable age, but you've got people like yourself who continue on for way too, long, way too long. But it's an interesting question. And if you look at the the demographic for the, for the okay, kind of... Okay, I just can't say that.
3: You just don't go and throw... If you look at the demographics, like... Where the hell are these demographics? Where are they coming from? You just can't pull them out of the I
2: your was ass. I was actually about to finish the damn answer and say but if you're you look slow, at... you just
3: drag everything out. No, My God, just... get to the point you English
2: are so freaking slow. Get to
3: the point. <laughs> yes. Carry on. <laughs>
2: The demographic, i.e., the target market audience for paranormal programming, is specifically 25 to 45 years of age and predominantly female. That's the that's the market that they aim the shows at. Now, that doesn't necessarily relate to. Where did that
3: come from? You didn't give any answer.
2: It, do, it does. That comes from the media researchers who, who sell the advertising on the media programs.
3: So once again, you're just throwing out... YouTube who sell
2: videos. the advertising. They, they are the one... That's the, that's the market that the adverts are, and therefore the programs are pitched at. And they know uh, because they are experts. Well, they, they have to get it right most of the time because the revenue, the revenue for the programming depend, and the channel depends on them getting it more or less right. Anyway... This is true, I'll... but... Well, well, in that case, let me finish the damn answer. Okay, fine. <laughs> now, that ne- doesn't necessarily equate to um, who goes ghost hunting until you actually look uh, at your own experience of who goes ghost hunting. Now, obviously, under-18s are generally excluded by the event organisers or by the hosts or by the locations themselves. There are not that many... 18 to 25-year-olds, and there are not that many in the over-45 category, if you just relate to your own experience of being there and discounting the fact that you're there. And so, therefore, the the uh, the actual bulk of the people going ghost hunting is indeed between approximately, or sort of a bell curve, uh, f- centred on that 25 to 45-year-old age group. Now is that because as you get older you become wiser and realise the futility of ghost hunting, or is that because as you get older, ghost hunting is you know it's dangerous. What well, I was going to you say, I
3: fall it, down it's and it's stress, can't
2: get up. It's a stressful pursuit because you know you're up all night and you're yeah, in you the dark.
3: help. I fall down and I can't get up.
2: Well, you speak for yourself. So uh, I just thought, I thought it was an interesting question and something you, you, know, you might have wanted to have contributed to the general discussion. I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. not in the way I
3: expected. All the dash is what I was not saying. A... You're quoting useless facts from unknown sources. <clears throat> Typical.
2: Well, if that's the way you treat the people who come to Spirit Quest, then, because Sandra, of course, is one of our friends from Spirit Quest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we just lost the ticket sale there. Oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> Uh, moving right along, yeah. Go on, move on. No,
3: but you know, I mean, that's that's I, I don't know. I thought I mean, it was a
2: good question. I think, I, it,
3: think this, I think I think it's actually
2: oh, okay. Go ahead, continue blabbing. Well, why not? Well, why not? You do it to me. If you, if you look at that demographic as an event organizer and you organize many uh events throughout the year, then is that your does that relate to your experience? And if that is in fact correct, does that alter the way in which you um, set up the events?
3: Oh, so there was actually a question there. Yeah. Yeah, as I was going to say before I was so rudely interrupted was that uh, there are actually two, I believe, demographics of ghost hunting. There are the the young kids who watch all the shows and stuff and... uh, uh, run around in the cemeteries with their uh, K2 meters. And then there's the, the older groups that go for uh, the more uh, challenging events and stuff and, and try to learn something. And, um, and so I I, I kind of agree with the, the upper range. I mean, I know the bulk of my events are uh, people in the upper range of that demographics that you quoted from some unknown source.
2: The online itself is actually the uh, broadcasting yeah, advertising authorities' own books uh, and figures that relate to how they. Uh, type. What, what organisation? So I can. Uh, well, I'd like to uh, um, check that out well, on the web. The, the broadcasting
3: organisation. Before. before, before uh, wait before a minute. We, I'm, I'm, I'm googling that
2: now. I'm yeah. So am I. It. So am I to give you the correct information? Yeah. Uh, you, you ask me a question while I google the right answer.
3: Wait, but I wasn't asking any questions, I wasn't even
2: talking about this. I was just saying, Broadcast advertising, you it up, yeah, so, anyway. So, uh,
3: Steve was on the show, uh, Monday show yesterday, uh, talking about ghostology and and many other things. And uh, yesterday we decided to that we would do this show, uh, to discuss some of our experiences that occurred over the past weekend. Of course, Steve was uh, a guest speaker at the most prestigious uh, ghost club, uh, or as I like to say, the London Ghost Club. I don't know why, but I do. And, Mm -hmm. of course, I was on uh, my retreat, Paranormal and Spiritual Retreat in Search of Spirit. So that's uh, a little bit what we're going to cover today and some of the unique experiences we had during these events. Did you find it yet?
2: Yeah. All right, what do you got? It's actually the Independent Regulation Competition Authority for the UK Communications Industries. Thank you very much. There you now are. that we actually have... The on-demand and online research data tables for 2015. Oh, thank you very much.
3: Are we included go. in it, or...?
2: No. No, good,
3: good. Hi. <laughs> so... So that was really interesting, and I'm glad you brought that question up because
2: uh yeah well, oh, I thought it was a relevant and interesting question because it does relate to the kind of events that you end up participating in and the groups that you end up talking to, so it is a segue to what you were going to get the whole sh- the rest of the show about <sighs> which is what about what we did at the weekend, you doing uh, your events and me doing talks to people right, so
3: let's let's start with you because uh you know, I'd love to listen to you talk um. You providing
2: were, a talk quickly. It provided a talk quickly. <laughs> so, where, where was this uh, amazing event that we're at? Well, oddly enough, the London Ghost Club, as you call it, is surprisingly in London. Well, I'll be, Yeah, but the talk was about Liverpool, which is another big city in the United Kingdom. Ah, uh, and, and, and specifically, I heard,
3: I, I heard there's like um, the, these. Uh, this music who came from there years ago. I heard. Yeah. You know, that was before my
2: time, but... uh, Uh, No. Anyway. You don't remember the Beatles? The who? No, not the who, the Beatles. I stepped on it once. The Beatles are from... The who are from London. Yeah, but the the Beatles Beatles are from Liverpool, correct? Correct, correct. Anyway, the Ghost Club in May are coming to... um, liverpool to spend a weekend and they're going to explore the city and look at the sites and do some tours and they've asked myself and they've asked Anne winsper my co-conspirator and colleague in parascience to kind of co-host and take them around us, our home city and show them some of the the haunted sites um and ahead of that to give them a little taste of talk a virtual tour around the city of liverpool and merseyside Um, which we did at the weekend. We both went down to London and we, uh, and unfortunately developed laryngitis um, the day before. So her talk was, uh, or her part of the talk was delivered in an unusual tone of voice really but but it was a very well attended uh talk it was um we overran slightly i think we were i think normal speakers uh about 45 minutes but you know how slowly i talk so we we delivered about two hours yeah, of it. if you just it
3: got to the point you know you would yeah.
2: time. i know i know i know so uh, so that went very well and uh we're looking forward to going up to Liverpool in uh, the end of April to spend a weekend taking members of the Ghost Club around the, uh, the city and uh, showing them some of the sites, including the shipyard that we investigated for so many, many years and so many thousands of hours. And where they are now building Boatface. Boat and for people that don't know what the heck I just said, then you're going to have to listen to the podcast from Ghost Chronicles, the morning edition. That would be difficult. Go ahead all right well, and we anyway. have clue well. Google Boaty McBoatface and then they will or oh, you could put the link up now onto the Ghost Chronicles international page so that was what I was up to at the weekend um, and well I fun. have actually a question for you then go on then
3: I don't remember what it was but I had a question
2: <laughs> so what did you do at the weekend Ron?
3: Well, no. I, I, I'm going back to this. Uh, what, what what was your talk on? Was it on your? It uh, was it was specifically, it was a, it was specifically a virtu- on investigating, or no, uh,
2: no, no. As I as I did say, uh, I might have said it too quickly for you this time around, though. But uh, it was a it was a virtual tour, following uh, uh, tracing the route that we will actually be taking in April. So it started off in the city centre. It went to some of the the main buildings. It went under the river through the Mersey tunnels. It crossed back to Liverpool uh, on the on the famous ferry across the Mersey. It took in some of the hauntings and cases on the opposite side of the River Mersey. Um, it talked extensively about the time slips that Anne has been investigating, well, and I have been investigating for many years. And which some we have of the discussed more in this show before, which right? we have discussed, and uh, some of the more notable cases, and sights and sounds of Liverpool. Um, So it was a virtual tour, uh, a taster of what's to come. Well, I see. There you go. That's very interesting.
3: You know, I I always know that women and men are not on the same wavelength. Now, I'm beginning to think that maybe perhaps the English and the Americans aren't on the same wavelength either. Uh, because I know that, like, if I ask my wife or any woman a yes or no question, I will get a dissertation on something that doesn't answer the question. I it may eventually get there, but uh, we're just needed a, a yes or no or a, a, a black or white thing. We come into this long dissertation. And, and now, so I, I have noticed that, you know, like the English I mean, they'll get there eventually, but uh, they just seem to like to use the language so much.
2: Well, we invented the language.
3: That's why. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course we find you're abso-
2: you're absolutely right though, because one of the key one of the things I say to, to my lovely wife, um, and God forbid she's listening somewhere, um, it, Ooh, listen is uh, I ask her a question, she gives me an answer, and I say, so a simple, so that would have been a yes then. Yeah, pretty much. That's the one. Twenty minutes after you ask the question. Twenty
3: minutes, exactly. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I think that, I think the well, especially. I mean, you only give up two choices. It's not like they have a multiple choice question where they have to think a well, lot before, about it. Before, like,
2: we, before we lose all of our female listeners, which I is would
3: what seventy five percent of our demographics.
2: Well, yeah. Um, I, I, I do agree that there are some differences in the language between the Americans and the British, particularly when it's particularly noticeable when I'm over there. And it's particularly noticeable in favour of the English because we have been brought up on a diet of American television shows. All of our um, main television are television channels, of which we only had four up until 10 years ago showed a lot of American programs you had Starsky and Hutch and uh, that one where they drive moonshine through places and Kojak and all I sort of uh, TV programs so we were very yeah um, so we're actually quite used to listening to the American accent and the American way of speaking and the American use of words And uh, and yet Americans don't weren't subjected to as many British television programs and the British the English do talk more slowly and they do tend to talk more quietly than the Americans and I've noticed that when I'm in America wherever I am in America East Coast West Coast South um, that people do struggle with the English Right They struggle especially with the scots i mean poor stephen scott when when he was trying to order the simplest things like coffee with that glaswegian accent
3: yeah, I mean, you know sometimes I listen to you, I grow a beard, but you know it, it's it's just like uh you know it's it, it's it's a to- totally different lifestyle i think and and you know I mean maybe with a brash unruly americans and and you're know, like the refined or whatever but uh you think that's what it is or, or is it uh, i mean uh, it's it's more than just the language itself it's it's it way, is i mean there are, there are cultural differences
2: you you i think i think there are cultural differences and they definitely were noticed during the second world war when large numbers of american troops and uh, and uh Ehrman came over to the U.K., um, the G.I.s. And uh, there the, were the, the many, many famous songs, weren't there? Oversexed, Overpaid, and Over Here. Um, the Americans are bigger, louder, brasher. And to an extent, that, I. It isn't necessarily the case. I've met many, many Americans who don't conform to that stereotypical view, and I'm sure there are many English people who don't conform to that stereotypical view that Americans have of the English people. But I think Americans do muddle up the fact that... Because uh, they, they talk about the Scottish, the Scots, they talk about the Welsh, the Irish, and the Brits. They they, they tend to think of English as Brits. In fact, the English are uh, you know the fourth country nation. Right. Um, dominant company, we're all all four of us together are Brits, mm-hmm. so there you go. There you go. That's, there you go. That's So exciting.
3: But you know, I, I have noticed in in the, the few years that I've known you that I have been able to teach you how to interrupt people when they're speaking. So I, I, you know, at least my my job is done there.
2: That's true because it is difficult sometimes. I find it difficult sometimes to cut in on a guest. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mainly because, when we, Mar- mainly, because when we have American, mainly because when we have American, mainly because when we have American guests Very on great. the show, <laughs> yes, and I've sir. said I've said this to you on air, off air, that they seem to be able to breathe through their ass, right, right. They never we were draw talking, breath. We were taught that by the uh, Germans, so yeah, they never draw breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're All absolutely right. right. Pro- production are just telling us that not in the south where they rival the, the English slowness to an amazing degree with each vowel, And that's really, really true. Down in the southern states. You know states,
3: why? Because they're so drunk all the time. They have to... Uh, no, down, do it,
2: down, it, down, in southern, down in the southern states, they do oh, did have did I a, say drunk? I'm sorry. I, I, uh, that was not the uh, express uh, term I was looking for. Down in the... Down in the... Yeah, <laughs> Cheers. Here go. Americans are like the real housewives, and the English are like Downs and Abbey. Perfectly it's true, not- mate. That's perfect. What's your favorite program, Ron? Uh, Real Housewives that. of...
3: Absolutely. I am sitting here, right here, and I have my signed autograph of uh, Jim Carter.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, I would have thought you would have had your you know, full full cast copy uh, signed pictures of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. I'll tell yeah. you what, though. I mean, the, I the, Arkansas, Eng- the English can actually do a very, very good southern U.S. accent, and I've never understood why, but they cannot do a New England accent. Go figure that out. Yeah, can't figure that's it out. That's really difficult to do. The New England accent is a real pig of an accent to do. Yeah. It's like, that's a it's, shame. It's, it's quite like it's a bit of Irish. Actually, it's, 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 it's harsh. Actually, it's, it's wicked harsh. easy. No, it's not. Go on, then yeah, teach me. It's wicked me.
3: easy. You just have to,
2: you know. Well, you do it, you, you, Go on. Never mind. We were doing it from birth.
3: So, anyways, we have to talk about real stuff, which is uh, what I did this past weekend.
2: So, what did you do this weekend, Ron?
3: Oh, yes, I went in search of spirit.
2: Did you find any?
3: Yeah, it was it was a unique thing. What we did, it was a paranormal retreat, para, spiritual and paranormal retreat called in search of spirit. Uh, we were able to um, book it in this lovely hotel, and uh, adjoining this lovely hotel is an old, old mansion, the uh, Captain Stone Inn, and uh it is uh totally vacant it's under uh, renovations and we had full access to it so it was it was neat because we we not only did the ghost hunting and, and that aspect of things that I do but we also did uh, the other Uh, the more uh, softer side of uh, spirits, uh, which is like yoga and uh, psychic development and, you know, all the goody two-chew stuff. So, um, yeah, so it was a a great combination. And? Oh, that's it. So we got to eat all our meals Was
2: was there Uh, lots of healing? Yeah, I saw the pictures of them. Was there lots of healing energy? Uh, I don't think so, because I'm no, still No, I don't this. think so, because yeah, every time ah, you go... Ah, Can't you go on a healing... How do you go on a healing retreat weekend and come back sicker than when you left? It wasn't a healing. It was a spiritual and... That's all, that's all healing.
3: Paranormal in search of spirit. Had nothing to do with healing. We we didn't do any healing there. Really? Uh, no,
2: no. What were you retreating from?
3: Evidently. Evidently, we didn't do any, because I'm, I'm still ill.
2: Um <laughs> Joe, you know, it's kinda of like all those people that have all these crystals. You know, got this amethyst brings you wealth and citrine yeah. blah 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 blah. Well like, yeah, uh, the guy who sold the tissues got me yeah. rid- got yeah. the, uh, g- But you know, I know people who've got like shelves and shelves of this crap. And mm-hmm. I have some. Thank you very yeah. much. Appreciate it that. Clearly doesn't work, does it? Oh well, it depends on what you consider working. Well, I was once told if you carry a small piece of citrine in your pocketbook or uh, wallet, that you will never be short in money. Yes. Well. Yeah.
3: Anyway. Yeah. Hey. Bullshit. Uh, uh, would you
2: say? <laughs> uh. But anyway, back to the paranormal. Because well, you're gonna have to speak. Up, you're gonna have to speak like an American now because you want to break Jim. No, we're not on a break yet. No, except so we've got one Jew. So anything you say, you're going to have to speak it like an American.
3: Oh, which means it's really fast. If fabulous. I start to sentence, so it, we'll be on time
2: to speak because after the break, I,
3: you know, I have my. Uh... Oh, we're not broadcasting over at X, by the way, guys, in the uh, TojiNet oh. chat room.
2: Just oh, that reminds back. me. Uh, speaking of radio stations, uh, to all the listeners in, uh, on the podcast and/or lo- the live streams or iTunes for Ghost Chronicles International, which is being broadcast to you by Togginet, not Para X and several others, we're going to start a crowdfunding for a new speaker for the produ- for the producers down at Togginet because uh, Paul, Lisa, and Ben, their speaker is held together with tape.
3: Yeah, but that's that's normal tape.
2: for Americans we do that. Tape. Yeah. No, we're gonna crowdfund. So send your donations uh to the Reverend Ronald J. Kolek. No ninja. I'll go <laughs> <time. laughs> The Ninja Pasta. That sounds like some sort of Italian dish, doesn't it? Going mm-hmm. deader, deader.
3: Okay, no, so uh, hopefully
2: they'll get Power Reps up and running because they were complaining. The New England accent is cockneyish. It is not. Nathan's just said in uh, the chat room that the New what England What the hell does he? No, he's a cock- freaking Roman Cockney. Of so. course, like, if you're at Cockney, you talk like that and you say, all right, Governor, that's chipper.
3: So, anyways, uh, at this retreat, which was interesting, yeah. uh, is I introduced them to a different side of. Uh, you know, spirit uh, in search of spirit, because you know, I mean, we're talking about mediums who do galleries, and they're talking about people who just passed over everything. You know, they're more specific to people rather than just random spirits that are like hanging around. So uh, it was a whole new thing for them, and uh, uh, you know, it, they were kind of like I wide-eyed. It was like, whoa, what is this? And what was it? it was unique so anyways uh, uh, but I had a unique experience and I I do want to ask your expert advice on it Mr. Parsons because I know that if there's anything uh, that can be explained you certainly can explain it whether you have your facts right or not but uh, anyways you can certainly explain it but we had a unique experience with something that you're quite familiar with uh, Mm -hmm. the flare camera oh yeah yeah and uh, I was not operating the camera. Uh, I was just an observer. And I know we're coming up to break, so I will tell you what happened. And then uh, after break, you can... Well, cool, uh, I get some thinking time. Some thinking time, yeah. So that's why I figured that way we'd do it that way. So we were in this uh, room, and uh, it, we were... Uh, the, the gentleman who had the flat camera was uh, pointing it at, at the... Uh, Uh, a cabinet a cabinet by the end of the room and there was a strip there which you could see was uh, a reflective metal strip of of some sort and that showed up of course but then on the other side uh, to the right of it this uh, signature appeared and uh, it moved uh, and uh, so we, we tried to explain it. We said, of course, the media in to explain it, of course, right? Because we want to know what it is. And, uh, the media went and started, uh, talking to this, uh, anomaly. And, uh, all of a sudden she said, oh, there's two of them there now. And guess what? A second appeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, they, in carried on this conversation with these two novelties that had showed up on The Flare. And eventually, of course, we ended it and, and left. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, uh, after everybody else had gone to bed, uh, the two Browns, which you know, Doug yeah. and uh, Sue, and Patty O'Brien, one of, my, uh, teacher, uh, one of my students from my paranormal CSI, and uh, someone else went back, and we tried to replicate it. And, oh, shucks, coming up to the break. So you're going to have to hear what happened when we come back. So you are listening, and, of course, Steve's explanation. Uh, You are listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, International right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, uh, wherever the hell we are. And we'll be right back after following messages.
1: An oasis in this hectic world. The creepy and the are kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk gobbledygooky. The Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are
3: abnormal. The Parax family.
1: They're strange. Arranged. Unrestrained.
2: So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to
0: the Better X family.
3: Hi, I'm Ron Kolak from the New England Ghost Project.
0: And I'm Gail Lacks from Winslow Studio Yoga and Healing.
3: And we'd like to invite you to a very special event that we're running March 18th through the 20th.
0: At the historic Daniel Inn in Brunswick, Maine.
3: This is a weekend retreat, Gail, right?
0: It is. It's going to be fantastic.
3: And it's going to be all about ghost hunting.
0: And connecting with spirit.
3: Ooh, that sounds fun. And we're going to try new things that have never been done before. And we'll be investigating one of the most historic houses in Brunswick.
0: And your weekend will include some great workshops and energy, all of our paranormal investigations, some wonderful food, and a group mediumship reading as well.
3: And a red-light seance, too, right? Yes. And you never know who will come through in a red-light seance. You never know. Hmm. And uh, if people are interested in getting tickets for this, how could they do that, Gail?
0: Oh, they can go to our website at www.windsoulstudio.com and go to our events page, and you can put your deposit down and reserve your space for this amazing retreat.
3: So don't delay on this rare opportunity to spend a weekend with Gail and me as we go in Search, search of spirit.
0: spirit.
2: Except you're not, are you? Unless we've just had a time slip, because that event
0: was it's last weekend.
2: weekend.
3: No, it's next weekend. Huh? No, just remember, we're at daylight service time.
2: You don't save a week. Anyway, welcome back <laughs> to <laughs> Ghost Chronicles International, the international edition, with your host Ron Van H, and yes. over here, in West Wales, yep. me. And we're broadcasting live. Are we live on Para X? Have they fixed that now? But we're on yeah, that anyway. They, they fixed um, it. Yeah, cool. We're on Para X. We're on Toggennet. Luckily, it didn't and get the first crappy half of the show. So that wasn't crappy. We're we're in the groove All right. now. And we're going to be crowdfunding to get ToggyNet a new speaker for the studio, so that Ben and Lisa don't have to share one earpiece of the I headphones. Think they get got a bar in the studio. They've got the headphone in, like bent backwards, and what you know, like,
3: a little nice little up bar. close
2: and personal. That's like up close and personal sharing headphones. I mean, how hygienic is that? It's the 21st century, America. Come on.
3: Anyways, moving right along. Yeah. I was just about so, flare cameras. Say to you, yeah. what happened? So you went uh, back. We we you uh we were at well, we did our ghost hunt with the group, uh, we got these anomalies. Don't but you went. Yeah, back. yeah. Well,
2: this is remember. Talk well, quickly. You're Par- an
3: American. Pararex was not <laughs> here prior to it, so I have to recuperate. Oh god. So me. during Welcome the past to Ghost weekend, Chronicles
2: and- International tonight on the on the show we have, we're going to do the whole first half then for Pararex, So you're just going to tell me what happened.
3: So anyways, as I was saying, uh, this past weekend I did a ghost hunt, and uh, we were in a room with a group, and we uh, had the thermal imager. I was not using somebody else was. and these two anomalies showed up in, in uh, the uh, far part of the room. We sent the medium in, of course, because I didn't want to risk my life. And... Uh, they started talking to the, the medium, I mean to the anomalies, and they said, all of a sudden the medium said, oh, there's two, and guess what? Two of them showed up at the same time. So anyways, uh, that went on for quite a while, and then eventually we left. But after everybody else had gone to bed, uh, the two Browns, uh, which you and I know, uh, Patty, my student, and another person went back with the thermal image to try to reproduce it. Uh, we had the same strip that was there originally, uh, that showed up, and then uh, we couldn't get anything to else to show up, except one time we said, okay, Doug, uh, why don't you wave your hand by it? So he waved his hand, and it showed up, and then it disappeared. But um, that being said, we tried that several other times, and nothing ever happened, and we could never reproduce it. So, Steve, what do we have here? Is this paranormal?
2: Well, a strange sense of déjà vu. I'm sure I've heard that story most of it before. But anyway, no, it's not paranormal, is it? Because we don't know what the paranormal is, so we can't say whether it's paranormal or uh-huh. not. It's unusual for sure, uh, but the most obvious and likely candidates yes, for yes. explanations have to be ruled out. And so I have to ask, uh, which mo- uh, was the f- was the flare camera uh, calibration? before and after you have checked was the batteries on the thermal camera operating at their full capacity was the thermal cameras emissivity set correctly had it been calibrated for the um reflectivity of the of these uh, different surroundings if all of those had been done which they teach you to do on the FLIR course then you could say oh, i a course you know Yeah, but did you do all the bits that you were supposed to do to set up the camera, or did you just get it out of the bag, whack a battery in it, and hand it to somebody to point point and shoot? It was fully charged. Anyway, so... So so once you've eliminated all of those, and you can say with a high degree of certainty that, yes, the camera was operating, and yes, after we had detected the anomaly, we rechecked the camera to make sure it hadn't malfunctioned at any time during the event, then you can say it becomes more than um merely unusual yeah so it was pretty unusual and um no what we can't what even was, say that because you didn't do all of those checks did you you don't now, know
3: that i didn't answer your question so i you, so i do again, i do know by assume, the fact that as a psychologist assumed as psych- usual yeah using psychology usual, Steve using psychology. can, can
2: uh, only see possicans <laughs> can go
3: to china So,
2: anyway. (laughs) Using psychology and good critical thinking, by the way, that you sidestepped the question. (laughs) No,
3: I was when you finished. I was being respectful of their knowledge.
2: You completely sidestepped giving the answer.
3: So, moving right along, the the (laughs) key of that whole thing is when we went back to uh, see if we replicate it. The question is, we really couldn't replicate it because we did not duplicate the conditions. We did not have the same amount of people in the room. The temperature of the room had changed. There were also uh, other factors that, that were not uh, totally duplicated. So it, it, you couldn't replicate it be, unless you had all that same uh, data. So it, it was rather That's a moot
2: point. you did right. right, but... Uh, I, Assuming that the camera was set up, and I'll take your word that it was, uh, the, the slight difference in the number of people um, would, ha- would be relatively insignificant to the thermal camera. The change in the ambient temperature within the room could be uh, factored into the settings of the camera. Uh, so if you were looking at a straightforward reflect- reflection from an object... Because, as you know, the FLIR camera can't see anything in mid-space. It can only see solid surfaces or 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 infrared emitters. Um, That should still be present. However, what you may also inadvertently have have picked up is the the famous Ghost Hunter problem, where uh, if there was a night vision camera or an infrared emitting light... Or a full spectrum. Or a full spectrum. Anything that was using or emitting infrared light in the room... Um, but you know, a camera or a torch or something that would also change the the amount of infrared that was being bounced around, and the camera, the flare camera, would see that infrared light as heat. Mm-hmm.
3: And of course, the the, the idea t- where where the anomalies moved uh, made it uh, interesting, in that. Um, You know, because you had so many people in the room, and there were, I'm sure there were cameras and so forth, that this uh, could explain for the movement of the anomalies. But the interesting thing about it, uh, and there are lots of interesting things about this, none of it provable or or clear evidence or anything, but just interesting things, is that the medium, uh, which at one point uh, said that these two anomalies were actually uh, women- that uh, were well, like young ladies, I should say, and that they were kind of like whispering at each other. And as she said that, the two anomalies went together as they like, you know, were whispering in the air and then separated as you did. So uh, it was it was interesting. And, that, and that's why we do this is because it is well, interesting.
2: You're a are pu- We like you're, to explain you're, yeah, we, you're you you're probably overcomplicating what was taking place, and you're reading into something that may. may no, no, not no. Happen. I'm
3: just telling you what happened. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not no, overreading I'm, anything. I'm just telling you what
2: happened. I'm using I'm I using I the I'm using the example sort of held over from yesterday's Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition, where uh-huh. we talked about the human element and our desire to Im- Im- impose order. Um, and our, our reasoning onto situations. Oh, yeah. I agree the f- there, were, there were two things taking place, which were visible on a screen. Uh, the medium may coincidentally have started talking about two, or may picked up on the fact that somebody had mentioned quietly that there were two objects on the screen. No,
3: no, no, uh, no, 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 no I'm too, just saying you were not two until the medium okay,
2: mentioned it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, but then, I, I'm telling you just what happened. I'm not. No, that's that's fine. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly yep. fine. Um, but then there is this, like, oh wow, there's two, and the medium said there's two, so therefore there must be a link between what the medium said and what you're seeing on the screen. Now there may not have been a link; it may have been an entirely coincidental, and it may be the fact that somebody had just moved. If, if you were talking before about the, the the thermal reflection of the people within the room, then. It, you know, don't read it too much into coincidence. Interesting yeah. is is about as far as I would I would go, and it's what you used and what I believe you used perfectly correctly. It's it's interesting, mm-hmm. um, and, it, and that's it, why people
3: go on these things because. Yeah.
2: but a lot of groups. If we if we then take that to you know extrapolate it out, a lot of groups would then make a huge big deal about that and then claim that was uh, objective proof of an interaction. You know, the, the medium had said that there was two and that was confirmed and proved by the evidence of the thermal camera. You know, there are, that, that is a very, very common claim that's made by paranormal groups, isn't it? I mean, you know, that they, well, they make this association between two disconnected events.
3: See, Steve, what I, as far as
2: myself... Uh, you didn't. I'm saying a lot of No,
3: No, no, as far as myself, what I like to do if, if I do a paranormal uh, event like this and everything else, I like to be the storyteller I like to tell you what happened there is as what I could see you know and that is what I'm saying Uh you know I don't read stuff into it In other words I didn't say okay uh, the medium was thinking there were two people there she said there were two people and that was it so and there were two anomalies. so I, I I'm just reporting what transpired and mm-hmm. that is, but, but
2: inevitably, uh, yeah. I, I mean, this, is, this is no reflection. I, I
3: agree with, totally, w- hundred yeah. percent with you that many, many people would take this and say, "Well, see, there's absolute proof that," yeah. Yeah. and I'm not willing to, to, you know, drink that Kool-Aid yet. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's to me. My job is to report what went on, and that's exactly what I did.
2: Well, I was going to say it's no reflection on you, um, but inevitably when, when you, you or I act in the role of storyteller or we come on the show or we have a guest that comes on the show and recounts a series of events uh, and research by psychologists has borne this out many, many times that hours, minutes, hours, days afterwards the story is not the same as uh, it originally uh, took place and that every that we do our own interpretation of the events when we re- recount the the story to somebody else. <clears throat> Whilst we think and we are entirely honest in, in our desire to put across and convey the experience to somebody who wasn't there, so in your case telling me and telling the listeners, <clears throat> you're, you're choosing words, you are choosing uh, the way that you are describing the events um so right. you are selectively it's
3: seen through me so exactly. that's so what you, you will get
2: so you are selective uh, we all do it every single person uh selectively interprets the way that they describe uh, an experience to somebody who wasn't present and that's one of the great dilemmas when you deal with evidence when you're dealing with witness testimony that is that you are dealing with somebody's interpretation of what they believe to be and i I emphasize the word what they believe to be true to what they're describing to you Uh, is what they disbelieve to be true well what what you're dealing with is somebody's genuine belief that then unless they're making up a you know outright making up a story and spinning you a line then what you're dealing with is a testimony of somebody, and it is a genuine testimony. But it may not be entirely an accurate testimony. If you compare, and there have been uh, many, many times when it's happened where we've had the testimony of an investigator, somebody who I trust and somebody who I knew was providing me with good information, but when you compare with what they say to what a camera is recording, you will see a very clear difference sometimes. Exactly. And that's... Just the way that the mind's eye exactly. view, views its reality.
3: Mm-hmm. And you have and I have talked about this many times, is that, uh, you know, you believe that mediums believe what they tell you if they're not crooked or anything. Let's not go down that road, right? Yeah, absolutely. Are uh, the witness, you believe <clears throat> that the witness totally, believes totally. what they saw. Totally. So that's, I mean, that's what we have. And... The other thing is, if you look at, it at the other end of the scale, for instance, like a parapsychologist that, that looks at this, and they will, even though they have not witnessed the situation, is that they impose
2: their views yeah. upon the situation, and they arrogantly dismiss people's opinions and people's exactly. testimony as uh, fantasy, as hoax, as hallucination, as downright lies, more and damn lies. Mm-hmm. When in actual fact, what you're dealing with is somebody's interpretation of, and not just, and uh, it's the way people use language. For example, one of the very common things that you may have heard that we do here here in the UK, when somebody walks into a room um, and they they have a, a paranormal experience, they will sometimes say the room went icy cold. It was like walking into a refrigerator. Now, in reality, not very many people have ever walked into a, ref- a refrigerator. Okay. Why is And yet they use that description because what they're trying to convey is the profound nature of the experience and the impact of the experience it had on them by using words that that possibly exaggerate the experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I I was so scared, I shit myself. (laughs) What in fact... What in actual fact? What's your language today, Steve? Well, it's 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 very very commonly heard on the media programs, and it's it's a very it's a very common expression. I I have corrupted you. It is a very common expression, and well, yet,
3: see, how many people
2: the, have you ever the, uh, met?
3: You get the uh, Toji net uh, yeah, sensor um, attack. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But how many people in reality have you ever met that did defecate through fear on a ghost investigation? Or when confronted by something paranormal, it never happens in reality. And yet, we use these languages and these cho- we choose our words in order to convey uh, the the situation that we experience.
3: Exactly. So, I, I actually I have a question too, and this is a little bit uh, it's it's a little bit off the subject of what happened transpired this weekend, but I it kind of fits into discussion and in, we're in talking about observation and so forth uh, we, you know we have I have an EVP that Ann Kerrigan uh, took or captured I, I believe Michael Marquardt captured it in an investigation they were doing they have a, a conversation it's just going on and all of a sudden is a loud bang like a gunshot uh, and so they they actually call it a gunshot, and but no one reacts, and the conversation continues right mm-hmm. okay, so we have that that is on a device that has been recorded okay mm-hmm. so yeah, it 's so a real event <sighs> yes and no so uh, oh, yes, it's recorded <laughs> okay so here uh, we were uh, down in Gettysburg at the uh, Engine House uh, with Mark Nesbitt and uh, we were doing an interview uh, I was doing an interview with the, um, the manager of the place and this was on video uh, during the interview there was an extremely loud bang so bang that you could see us in the inter- interview reacting to it and, and run towards the bang and yet it was never recorded mm-hmm. So here's, here's another one we have that okay here's an event that was all heard, yet not recorded, and then we were, here was a event that was recorded but not heard. Mm-hmm. So, what's what's your thoughts on on those?
2: Well. One of the one of the the key issues with recording sound is the record the sound recorder the device. Right, because
3: I you know be honest, with you I, I respect you as far as your sound yeah. recording, but the um, you did write a book on, on
2: Well, sound, this this is actually this is actually covered in paracoustics. This, this yeah, very good, thank you, sir. This particular difficulty because you entire entirely on a mechanical device. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't hear sound the same way as a human does. It doesn't perceive sound. If you record a conversation in a, in a in the middle of a, uh, a pub. Mm -hmm. Um, and you try and separate out the voices, it's very, very difficult to make out a conversation, and yet you could sit opposite somebody in the same pub and have no difficulty at all because you're using more than just your ears. You're using your eyes and other senses in order to be able to interpret what they're saying. However, uh, in in paracoustics, we actually refer to an incident that took place during a parascience investigation many, many, many years ago where when we played back a recording, it sounded like the four horsemen of the of the apocalypse galloping oh, down a wooden staircase. There was this really loud series of bangs and knocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a staircase, because that's where the recorder was, passing the recorder. It sounded very, very convincing for some very heavy footsteps on the stairs. And yet there was a team of two at the top, there was a team of two at the bottom, and they didn't notice anything untoward, they didn't document anything at all. So we presume that they didn't hear her uh, hear the event. When we looked back at one of the locked-off, the static camera uh, video footage of that particular time frame, What we observed is that the team at the top dropped a wooden pencil which bounced down the entire length of the staircase. Mm -hmm. Um, They thought it was so quiet and such an insignificant event that neither pair of, uh, neither of the four people involved documented it. Mm -hmm. But because of the way that the recorder on that occasion was resting on the hard wooden stair surface, Mm-hmm. And picking up sound through its casing, it sounded very, very you know, loud to the recorder and insignificantly not so to the people. So it wasn't recorded or apparently heard by the people, and yet it was a very significant audio event. Now, the converse can also happen.
3: So are uh, we... OK, go ahead, finish what you're saying. Whereby
2: no, people will, will perceive a sound. You can hear uh, your own name being called across a crowded, noisy environment, and yet a recorder wouldn't, you know, if you, if you listened for that same... Uh, your name being called on a recording you would struggle, in fact you would probably find it difficult to find that particular audio clip so it would appear that the recorder didn't record the event Uh, the recorders do not record sound in the same way that we hear sound because we don't hear sound with just our ears okay
3: so, but in this case, in in both these cases, I mean, we're we're talking an extremely loud sound uh, described as a gunshot in there, and and then the other one described as a huge bang. Enough where a, we're talking a group of people stop what they're doing and to investigate it because it was, and you know uh, it was so loud, yet it wasn't recorded. So, which has more? Uh, Validity: The sound that wasn't recorded, that was heard by a group, or the sound that was recorded but not heard by a group.
2: In terms of uh, giving it significance rather than validity, I would go with the group. I would go with the group because you have a sole piece of equipment. Now, it may just have been that the sound event may just have been outside the acoustic range of the microphone, or it may be that in, in a the way that if it was a digital recorder, it may have been doing something um, by way of compressing a previous recording uh, because they don't write it continually like like a tape recorder does. It writes it in chunks of data and there can be periods of when it's doing other things. You can see the red light on some recorders flashing. Now, what you do have is a group of people who all possibly uh, reacted and all... Responded. Oh, possibly. why did
3: you add that possibly?
2: Because you, you – uh, without,
3: I just, I just explained that everybody reacted. Well,
2: I, I say I say, possibly because I wasn't there and because I don't know whether what you have is a chain reaction. One reacted and the rest reacted to that person. So mm-hmm. if one person jumps, they will it's start. It's the old Karen Keith they-
3: ghost. Did you hear that?
2: yeah well, not yeah. not just that, but if one person jumps back, the, the anybody else standing close will be startled, and they 're likely to jump now. that could be perceived as being very you know very near simultaneously, but if you looked at it on a, on a on a footage, you will see fractions of a second difference as it as it daisy chains through the group through yeah. so that 's why I said possibly okay, but you still have a, a the greater weight of um, uh, sub- substance comes from the people rather than one isolated piece of equipment. So it's not always safe to say, "Well, it was the recorded reco- didn't record it, therefore it didn't happen." It's safer to to give the weight of evidence to the yeah. to you know.
3: Okay, I understand that. Yeah, and I I, I agree with you. Um, but do you think that this is? We're uh, going back to when I first started telling you the story about the uh, thermal imager and how I uh, retold the story. Uh, do you think that's the, one of the problems with paranormal investigators, is that they don't retell the story, but they draw conclusions?
2: They they immediately draw conclusions. Okay. Um, um, One of the the key problems that we always had trying to get information from the investigators uh, during during ghost hunts is that they would, rather than report the event, so I heard a sound, they would then analyse it at the same time on the fly. I heard a sound, it sounded like a body being dragged. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I heard a sound, it it sounded like... They're already imposing... Uh, oh, that's wow. just like a pizza bell that they they, they what, what, what was it recorded <laughs> i don 't what <well>, it <laughs> will be because it 'll be on the podcast they um there is this natural human desire uh, people are there investigating it, and do you know what I think they 're actually trying to be helpful i don 't think they 're doing there 's no uh, a desire to it 's a desire to try to be critical to try to be skeptical to try to be Um, scientific, when in actual fact, what we're trying to get at at is... What, what they really experience. So, what we do uh, in terms of people's notes and experiences is the very first thing they write down is the piece of information that we take off them. We never ever allow people to go back in a corner during the break um, and rewrite their notes because they might say, Oh, my handwriting's really right. difficult to read. Which is because- what
3: we did at, the, did at the event, Steve, is, is that uh, when we did the event, we came back and immediately we placed or our, uh, whatever our thoughts yeah. or whatever recorded, so on the whiteboard so that
2: we begin to, well, you know, the problem with, some Yeah, the problem with that also, <laughs> unfortunately… Oh, I understand that totally. Yeah, I know yeah. It's so, I mean, good. you can guess where I'm going because as soon as somebody yeah. sees what's written on the whiteboard, what we do is they, they've got a notebook and uh, they yeah. write I down know. something. But sometimes they'll come up and they'll go, oh, um, can I rewrite that because my handwriting is really crap or, um, or I want to say I add extra bits and say, no, you're not allowed to. Because you will then change the language. You will start editing your experience and the way you are telling your experience. What we're trying to do is to get as close as we can to their original experience. Now, we can't because, you know, we are dealing with their written notes and their experience. Well, we've got
3: about 15 seconds, so we've got to say goodbye, so,
2: unfortunately. Yeah. Uh,
3: anyway, Steve, uh, it's uh, been, uh,
2: yeah, great.
3: So, uh,
2: yeah, the earth, so the earth moved for me, too. Yeah, yeah, it was just terrific.
3: <laughs> anyways, uh, tune in uh, tomorrow night and uh, Ghost Chronicles at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time.
2: Eastern Standard in, Time?
3: Unless you're in the UK, which is, I don't know. Yeah,
2: 11 o'clock.
3: Is it really? Well, you get yeah. an hour.
2: Yeah, so, we don't change Anyways, the thanks week. for
3: listening and good night. God bless.
2: Good night. God bless. To ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.